welcome to the Science Allies podcast, a product of the Alliance for Science conversation with our global ecosystem of scientists, communicators, decision makers and activists, all working to build resilience and better futures for communities around the world. To another episode of Science Allies. This is an interesting episode because it's actually a two-part series. We have two wonderful young women scientists who are on, I'm speaking to them on the sidelines of the Next Gen Cassava meeting. They're doing extraordinary work. Now we're going to speak to Leah. She's going to tell us a little bit about her work and so you get a chance to hear different aspects of this extraordinary work. Welcome Leah. Thank you, Sheila. So, I'm Leanne Dudu, as Sheila has said. I'm a graduate student at Cornell University, and I've been listening to Chichi's journey. And how <laughs> different is my journey? So, how I got into agriculture was very simple. My mom, she's still a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, growing up, we would do extra work at home because mm-hmm. she'll teach you, you know, you go to school and learn and then she teaches you more. So the only time I would get time to breathe was when I was with plants. Ah. So I always planted flowers. Ah. Our home has flowers up to now because everybody knows Leah likes her flowers. Ah. So that's how I started picking interest in agriculture. And, you know, once in a while you plant a few seeds, you get very excited when they do grow. So I ended up going to university and yeah, agriculture was not my first choice. We all want to do medicine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So there's that big disappointment that you have, you're very angry agriculture student at first. Mm -hmm. But then the journey changes when I did an internship. Mm -hmm. So this internship was in a a village area in uh, Kokonjeri, Uganda. Mm -hmm. It's Buika district. I'd never been in a village. This was my first time. I remember boarding a taxi and uh, I, they had asked me to tell the gentleman who's a conductor, the one who takes the money, to tell him that I'm going to Kokonjeru. When I get to Kokonjeru, he should let me know that I have arrived. Mm-hmm. So I reached this place and it's a rural area. And I'm like, Leah, do you want to do this? <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go do it. Because there was a scholarship attached to it. So I'm like, um. let's just go and do it and see. So the first day I met farmers. We were growing a crop, uh, its scientific name is Solanum Ethiopicum. Mm-hmm. The English name is Nightshade. Oh, yes. And uh, in Uganda, it's commonly called Nakati. Mm-hmm. So I met this old man growing Nakati. So they tell me, do you know how Nakati looks like? I'm like, no, I don't. So they showed me the seed, they showed me the plant, how it grows. So I learned a lot from farmers. But during my stay, it was a three-month stay. Mm-hmm. During my stay, I learned how agriculture makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Those Nakati plants that they were growing were the difference between them having money for food, wow. you know, buying extra stuff. Their kids going to school depended on that small field on Nakati. So that's when I started taking agriculture very serious. And lucky enough, I had a mentor, Dr. Elizabeth Chizito. She's mm-hmm. um, the head of the faculty at Uganda Christian University where I studied. She was a plant breeder. Mm-hmm. If you meet Dr. Liz, you rethink. 
she is an excellent breeder she's wow. very passionate so i always wanted to be like please yes so i got into plant breeding i finished my degree i worked with a, a rice project and again i worked with farmers mm -hmm. and that drew me close so i started thinking what's the biggest problem that faces farmers diseases uh-huh because they're very expensive to control in yes. africa like in developed worlds people have like you know chemicals mm -hmm. it's, it, you know it doesn't make a big deal for them to apply they budget for this at the beginning but in africa it's a difference would i buy the roundup to control my weed or yes. would I feed? Right? yes so i picked interesting plant pathology i went ahead to Wageningen university where I did my master's in plant breeding and genetic resources. Yes. Again, plant breeding for disease resistance. So after that, I joined the National Agriculture Research Organization. And that's when the opportunity came to study cassava diseases. Mm -hmm. I was not picky about a crop because okay. as a breeder, the concepts are the same, right? Okay. So you can apply, I, I could work on banana okay. with the same knowledge that I have okay. on breeding. Okay. So that's how I get into cassava. I did the interview, got admitted into Cornell, and here we are. <laughs> so you went from Uganda to Germany? To Netherlands. Netherlands. Okay. Yes. Netherlands and then to Cornell. Yes. Wow. That is a long time to be away from home for such a young lady. How did you find it? it at the, the first time I boarded a plane, leaving, I was 22. Oh, my I goodness. Oh. <laughs> But I, I've always wanted to do something yes. about, you know, because as a breeder, you get satisfaction that your plant, you know, your, the plants that you breed are what put people's food on their plates, yes. right? So I wanted to do something about it. And that came because of the farmers that I first lived with. Yes. You know, these are people who would, you know, they tell you, my plant is sick. I don't know what I'm going to do wow. with it. And, and you don't know what to do, yes. you know? So I was very ambitious then. I wanted to do something. And yes. I'm glad we're doing something. Wow. In the plant breeding world, how, what is the gender balance like? I'll give you an example. Because <laughs> you know, when you talk to Chichi about, you know, how agriculture feels. Mm. So it's male-dominated. It's yes, a male world. Let me so. give you an example there. I work with National Agriculture Research Organization. Mm. So the first time I'm posted to this session, it's called Abizono Agriculture Research Development mm. Institute. It's in the Western region of Uganda, between uh, close to the border of Congo and South Sudan. Mm -hmm. So you get to this station and you're only two women scientists. Wow. The rest are men. Wow. Right? And again, the, the concept that you talk about when you tell people, I study agriculture, they expect you to be an old woman <laughs> yeah. who you know, doesn't take care of herself. And I was young and I still do it. I would show up with lipstick, colored hair. So everybody knew. The English lady has passed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be what you people expect yes. me to be. I'll still be a youthful person. Yes. Enjoy agriculture yes. and do something about it. Yes, well, that was my experience of you from the first time I met you till now was how much joy you exude on a daily basis. You know, you just always move around with so much exuberance. Mm -hmm. So clearly you have found your niche there was never a time when you thought you would do anything else? I wanted to be a professor. <laughs> well, you could still be a professor. <laughs> so, like, growing up, I wanted to be a professor. 
but also work in the field of agriculture because in Uganda, it's like most people who teach us are researchers, okay. right? So you know it's very possible. Joining university, day one, I'm like, I have to be a professor. So the PhD is the way to go. Research is my way to mm -hmm. go. So I've not thought about doing any other thing except something in agriculture. And of recent, so I'm learning different stuff. Mm -hmm. but they're mainly focused within agriculture. Yes. One thing that I, I, that's why I like the Alliance for Sciences, the Science yes. Communication. Because yes. the first time I met Sarah, you know, we were, we met on a bus the yes. first time. And I was telling her about my research. And then she told me, do you know Alliance for Science? I'm mm -hmm. like, uh-uh, I don't know. She's like, there, there's a training you should walk in when you have free time. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about GMOs. And I loved how they were training people to communicate. Because yes. people have sentiments about yes. things that they don't know. Yes. But it's because we scientists are not doing our jobs to communicate. Yes, the right that is true. To them. So I started, you know, once in a while I post on Facebook, you know, because most of my friends are not agriculturalists, definitely. Yeah. So you you try to post things that trigger conversation. Yes. You know, I, I stopped posting pictures of myself. Now I just post a picture of all my digging. You know, you when people publish research, you know, you just publish, you, you repost that yes, for yes. people around you to get to know yes. that, you know, this is what we are doing. This is exactly what happened. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about disease. Yes. So before I came here, I, I said I heard about just as almost like it's a rumor about this uh, cassava brown street disease. And I, it's terrifying. It should terrify you. Yeah, the, devas, the Ebola of cassava and the devastation that it causes to livelihoods across the continent. Um, and yet it's not widely reported and people don't know how many scientists are dedicated to fighting this scourge. Tell us a little bit about that. So, cassava brown strip disease is a virus disease. Mm -hmm. So now we are in the COVID period, people understand viruses yes. very well, right? So this is a, a disease that started in East Africa mm -hmm. along the coastal regions, mm -hmm. surprise, in the 1930s. Wow. So the disease has been there for a long yes, time. We've had the endemic, disease, yes, yes, we've had the disease evolve, you yes. know. Originally, it was only at lower altitudes. Mm -hmm. Now, around 2000, 2005, we detect the disease in higher altitudes, mm -hmm. that's Uganda. Mm -hmm. So it's been there, but what's what's strange about cassava brown streak disease, because there've been other viruses, virus mm -hmm. diseases like cassava mosaic disease. Mm -hmm. You see the plant with cassava mosaic disease, the leaves are wrinkled, yes, the plant yes, is dying. Yes, yes, you know? yes, so you yes. know this is a sick thing. Yes, yes. But now the thing about cassava brown streak disease, the, folia, the symptoms on the leaves, and not that shocking like cassava mosaic yes. disease, but then it's the root because the wow. root is what we feed on. Yes. So imagine waiting 12 months wow. to harvest your cassava and, and then find, find it out. brown, rotten inside. Wow. You know, so you can't even feed this to the animals. That's a hundred percent losses. Right? That's horrific. So as breeders, we've been going, uh, the journey has been ongoing. As I mentioned, it's been since 1930 since the disease mm -hmm. was discovered. So methods have been evolving so mm -hmm. what we're doing right now is we're trying to build on the work that all breeders did because mm -hmm. they are conventional methods but this take long right yes so we are trying to 
to use uh, methods that don't involve us planting the plant without okay. knowing, you know, like the guest, you're like, maybe this parent will do, maybe yes, this yes, yes, yes. So now there are statistical methods that you can use to, you know, you, 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 what people would understand is you get DNA, everybody knows yes. DNA, so you can profile this plant, right? Okay. Just like they profile people in the criminal world, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, watch yeah, those yeah. series. So we profile the plant, use mm. the same method, mm. and we can be able to tell that this plant has this gene of interest that we want, um. and this one has a gene of interest. So when we cross these plants, we will get an offspring that looks like this. Mm -hmm. So we're using statistics to try and predict, and then we cross knowing that these are really good, right? Okay. Not like in the past where they would just guess and wait for the yes, plant yes, to yes. grow and then plant it out. So that brings me to my research. Mm -hmm. What what we're trying to do for Cassava Brown this is you've seen in the meeting there's a lot of exciting work yes. going. But though all that work is towards finding resistance yes. to that disease, yes. right? We believe that there's a plant somewhere, a cassava plant somewhere that has that resistance. And you know? we haven't any indication since nineteen thirty. So the thing is, you know, um we have diverse accessions of cassava. Yes. If you look at the gene bank here at the International Institute of Traf yeah. Tropical Agriculture, there are more than 6,000 accessions. Okay. When you look at Colombia, there are more. Wow. Right? So the thing is, as breeders, you have to prioritize. And I think you've learned this, that you know you can breed a resistant variety, mm. but the trait that, that Chichi is breeding for is super important. That yes. the, the cassava doesn't produce good flour. The farmers will more it's true. So there are a lot of So it's a trade-off, yeah, yes, you know, the balance between yeah, the time. commercial and then the resistance. Yes, but you also have to understand that, you know, the old breeders did a lot of manual work. You know, yes. cassava takes seven, if you're breeding cassava, you need a minimum of seven years. That's on the wow. good side. You know, for you to know this is the variety. Wow. Right? And that's why with new breeding tools like uh, genome-wide association studies, genomic yes. prediction, yes. you know, I, so what happens with genome-wide association studies is, you know, we talk about the, the DNA. So we know the DNA of the plant. And so we can try to associate what we are seeing with the plant to a certain region in its genome. That's yes. like all the genes connected yes. together. And with genomic prediction, it's the same principle, but you, you just calculate a number, you, you use statistics to determine that this is a good plant, this is a good plant. If I crossed it with this, it will give me a better plant. So okay. we reduce the time that's involved. Okay. Right. So we, we, we know it's work in progress, but we're going to find the resistance. So yes. at my part, what I'm doing with my research is I'm expanding ways that breeders can study the virus because okay. it's a very complex virus. Yes. You say why since the 1930s we've not got resistance because it's a complex virus. Wow. So there are two different viruses right now. Mm. They co-evolve in the plant, but wow. they have different biological mechanisms despite having the same symptoms. Goodness. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to expand on, you know, how we look at this plant, how we phenotype, you know, this disease. Mm. So traditionally, our conventional breeders, you know, developed a very quick method, a score of one to five, you know, mm. you cut the cassava. If there's no necrosis, you know, oh, this is a score of one. Yeah. If there's too much necrosis, this is a score of five. Mm. But we know that this method has limitations despite yes. it being quick. So we are now zooming into specific 
specifically uh, methods that target the viruses, okay. not the plant. Okay. So one of it is we're studying the virus titer. So everybody knows about qPCR because yeah. everybody has taken a COVID test, yes. right? So that qPCR is what we use to determine the amount of virus in the plant. Mm -hmm. So we are using those uh, qPCR to screen our material and know that this plant has this amount of virus, this has this amount of virus. Then we find out why would this have so much, why yes, would this have yes, very yes, little. Yes. And that helps us select. Another thing that we're trying to do is we're trying to study the root necrosis itself. Mm. So we take images of this necrosis. We, you know, you go once in the field, take all your images, sit on a computer, analyze the images and get data out of it. Yes. And then with that, you can be able to tell that a, a certain cassava clone that you love mm -hmm. actually has a lot of root necrosis or little necrosis, but you add a number to it rather than the one to five scoring scale. Okay, where, which is you know, quite you random. Yeah, yeah, it's random. You won't say, oh, this is five. Why did you say it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the end, we hope to identify genes that are responsible for resistance once we expand these phenotyping methods. But also, as someone who is interested in plant viruses, we also hope to find uh, genes that are responsible for susceptibility, why the plant falls sick. And in the end, we will develop what we call markers yeah. that we can use to select plants before we even plant because we have their DNA. So what happens is with a marker, you know, it's a strand of DNA, it's yeah. a, a sequence of DNA. Yeah. So you would know that if this plant has this type of marker, then I would not select it for crosses. Yes, yes. And that brings us to, again, what uh, Chichi said about preemptive breeding for West Africa mm. because we are really worried that if cassava brown strip disease comes to West Africa, yeah. Shila people are going like people the, we are already for the secure, yes. but it's going to get worse. Yes. So what we're doing right now is we're also testing love like likable clones, like clones that you people like here in West Africa so much in East Africa. Yes. Because we would not want to bring the disease to West Africa. Even having it at a research station, scientists are very, very careful people. But you know, just that one day that someone just carries that the stem of cassa because that's how this disease is transmitted. Oh my goodness! Farmers unconsciously carry yes, it. Of you go visit your friend and you're yes. like, "I like this cassava. Take give me a stem," yes. and then you take it to the other place, wow. and that's how the disease moves. This is it's terrible. I mean, I was listening to one of the keynote speakers, and he was saying cassava here produces like 54 million metric tons yes that's really serious every single household eats cassava almost every day yes. in nigeria a population of almost 220 million people yeah. so anything that shakes that and brings any fragility is devastating yeah. wow <sighs> yeah it gives me a moment of pause so what are the percentage what are the chances that we will beat this so we are very optimistic with okay. the methods that we have that we're going to beat it. It may not come in the near future, right? Goodness. Like maybe in the next two years, that's that's yeah. very ambitious. But we are sure, you know, just as you saw in the meeting that we've started looking in gene banks, right? Yeah. To search for resistance. Yeah, there's so many accessions, but one step at a time. And the lab in Germany, that's our partner, did identify certain clones that are not grown here in Africa, yes. but they're from South America and yes. they have the resistance genes. Uh -huh. So we want to bring those and okay. cross them to our material. So it's still work in progress. We know the virus is very complex, but you know, one step at a time. 
and also the new screening methods that i'm studying is you know we may not eradicate this through resistance but then if you reduce the disease pressure you know yes. imagine you send a plant that does not accumulate a lot of virus yes yes so that means the vectors you know so vectors are insects that transmit viruses yes so the vectors will not have enough virus to move it yes around. yes so yes, we, yes we are using biological methods cultural methods people are being trained how to clean cassava stains when they are mm. planting you know so that you don't okay. move Yes, 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 yes. So with a combination of all those methods, yeah, yeah, at least we'll we'll get somewhere. We've got somewhere. (laughs) Well, on a lighter note. What are your plans for the future? Where are you in your studies? What do you hope to do next? So I'm like Chichi, I'm in my fourth year right now. Okay. I'm looking uh, to graduate next year in the spring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hopeful that I'm going to come back to do research with the National Agriculture Research Organization, still with CASAVA, mm-hmm. because we've, we've, we've studied all these methods, but now we have to implement them. Yes. Yeah, I'm also excited. You know, they, I've been learning a lot of market segments and gender mm-hmm research and the role so i want to be a breeder that really works directly with farmers now yes. you know, so get much more involved in what the market needs yes disease is very important yes but there are things that the market needs that yes. will make our crops better yes so i'm hoping that i will come back to africa uganda and even it i'm very open to <laughs> but yeah to still do great research in this crop because at the end of the day it will make me happy if we have a resistant variety that people don't have to get the disappointment wow. of you know digging up your yeah. cassava and then you cut it yeah that's wonderful leah you've been really inspirational thank you for giving me a glimmer of hope <laughs> and thank you for your dedication your exuberance your passion all of it will come together to give us a transformation in this sector Thank you so much for being, both of you, Leah and Chichi. Thank you so much for being on Science Allies. Thank you. You've been listening to the Science Allies podcast. If you enjoyed this or if it sparked any questions, get in touch. You can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And please think about joining one of our communities. Follow the link in our show notes and you can subscribe to our newsletter and other products. Don't forget to like and share these products too. See you next time.